0: Argo's <laughs> and uh, run with that. So, right on, come on into the MJ Sports Pod season one, episode 11. We're over the uh, the double digit marker of number 10. Uh, booming success with that episode, I think. I have no idea, to be honest, but. Uh we'll move on with episode eleven. And uh yeah, Josh, this week we uh put a bow on the CFL for the time being anyways, and uh Great Cup's come. We were both wrong, and I'm thankful that I was wrong that uh Winnipeg was gonna win. Um Montreal takes it and uh we can proudly say Argos <laughs> and uh <laughs> run with that. So um yeah. But this week on the show, we'll do a, a CFL recap slash completion. <laughs> I don't know if you, I mean, we'll update <laughs> CFL because now NFL tryouts will start, right, and things like that. So we'll, there will be like news along the way, but games are done. Uh, congratulations to the the uh, blue uh, the the blue bombers on a good season. The Argonauts on winning it all. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little NHL, talk some Oilers, talk some other NHL things. The Devils are just red hot and uh, talk about some statistics, milestones that have been achieved. Um, and then we will uh, do our performers of the week, our pick uh, I can update pick quickly here. We were both 2-2 two and two this week, so nothing changed in the overall oh, standings. <laughs> You're still ahead by a game. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be right back. We'll kick off the MJ Sports Pod uh, with the CFL Talk. Stay tuned. Season 1, Episode 11. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the MJ Sports Pod, Season One, Episode Eleven. Uh, we wanted to just cut, put a just put a wrap on the CFL season here. Uh, we send out a big congratulations because they'll totally listen to this <laughs> to the Toronto Argonauts on uh, on a great season, um, <laughs> winning it all, defying the odds. And uh, I want to just pause here, and I'm going to play uh, the quote uh, that I personally said on this podcast last week uh this is just take a listen to this the reason i think toronto could win is because what i saw on sunday is that winnipeg's pass defense is not as good as others in the league they have good dvs they can pick the ball like anyone but winnipeg relies on the pass rush if if you can defeat the pass rush that's half the battle already won there right um And then if Bethel Thompson's going to get time, Andrew Harris plays that dual role where he'll screen and he'll pop out and catch the ball. They're going to know that's coming. But I mean, like that's why I think Toronto, if they're going to win, that's how they're going to win is they're going to defeat the pass rush. So I said that last week, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it happened. Um, McLeod Bethel Thompson came out throwing. Andrew Harris was himself hurdling guys, midfield uh, winning at Mosaic like he's used to doing. Um, and and it was incredible. But once you get past that pass rush, then McLeod Bethel-Thompson, he was finding guys on the sidelines all game long, all game, like just the boundary. It was Ambles, it was Devarius Daniels. I don't know if Gittins really played a part in that game. I mean, he was involved, but it wasn't. The other two were just lights out all game. But it was boundary pass after boundary pass. There was nothing down the middle, really. There's a couple passes. But McLeod Bethel-Thompson did what the DBs gave him, and it worked. And then you gotta talk about A.J. Ouellette has never played in this is his first CFL season, and he has two Great Cup touchdowns on the ground. Okay, rushing touchdowns, both of them within in the red zone, so it wasn't like it was all brand new. But what stuck out to me is late in that game, when it's close, the fourth quarter was just absolutely phenomenal um from a viewer's standpoint. When it's close, um Winnipeg returns a kick for a touchdown or a punt, I should say, and then when it's close McLeod Bethel-Thompson can't go anymore because his thumb's all wrecked up so Chad Kelly comes in to play and lights out right uh what did you think of the Grey Cup as a whole I mean the CFL needed a good game and it did not disappoint
1: yeah I didn't get to watch the entire thing um but I did kind of in and out in and out as I could um kept checking on the score and it was uh seemed like it was pretty back and forth like i'd be watching at one point in winnipeg or toronto was leading for a little while in the beginning and then winnipeg was leading and then toronto had it back and then winnipeg had it back and it was kind of back and forth like kind of the way you want it in a finals game like that like for a championship is nothing like there's nothing worse than like i don't know you watch a Grey cup or a super bowl or something like that where it's i'm just picking those because it's a single game like mm-hmm. in other sports you have a series but like a single game like that and it's just a blowout like there's nothing it's not, it's not as exciting then because it's like oh okay um unless you're uh the uh 49ers and then you just was no it wasn't the 49ers, the falcons and you just uh take the second half off but uh i mean i don't know it's it was uh it seemed pretty entertaining i got to watch the last like few minutes of that game and see toronto come away with the win which I was actually pretty happy about it. And then I got to thinking, I was like, Andrew Harris is the only one who uh, three-peated there because he had the two previous and then one with Toronto. So, Did you Jesus. see his picture? Um,
0: it's been on social media circulating where he has the three fingers pointing to the three plaques or whatever that – well, I I guess one's blank now because they haven't engraved it, obviously. But there's three fingers, like you said, like I three-peated, right? And I'm just like, oh, man, oh, man.
1: But <laughs> – no, it's it was. I didn't actually see that picture, but um, I mean, it was impressive. I like. I didn't get to like I said. I didn't get to see a whole lot of the games, so I don't know how much Andrew Harris played. Uh, it seemed like it was more of Ulett uh, who uh, was kind of running the running game there, and that leads me to wonder: in the off season, does he go somewhere? Like, does he get traded somewhere? Because or do you keep him as your insurance policy behind Andrew Harris in case something happens like it did this year?
0: Yeah. And, um, and they, they asked Andrew Harris if he's going to consider retirement now that he's won three in a row. Cause he almost did last year. Eh? So that's the other side of that coin.
1: Oh, Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll we'll have to keep an eye on that and all that stuff's not going to happen for a couple months. So, or longer than that. I don't know when is like free agency and all that stuff open up for CFLs. It's usually February yeah so a couple months yeah three months I guess so um yeah no I I was pretty happy to see Toronto come away with that win to be honest like it would have been cool to see Winnipeg three-peat um just because nobody's ever done that or hasn't done it for a long 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 time so yeah so it would have been kind of cool to see but I mean I wasn't overly invested in the game either so I didn't really care who came out with the win so um just I, I was just happy to see that it was uh, pretty back and forth. Boy, I was invested in that
0: game, man. I was at this great cup party with all these bomber fans. And then uh what's his name there? Grant returns the kick for the touchdown and the start of the fourth. I'm like, Oh, here we go. But then Katrina, my wife, is pregnant, so she's like, I need to go home and lay down. So I'm like, Well, this could not be worse timing, so I'm leaving and they're all like jeering me, right? They're like, oh okay, yeah, of course leave. But then I get home and I watch the end of it. And, uh, and it's just phenomenal. Like, the CFL needs things like this to build their game, right? I saw a social media post by someone that said, I did not know the CFL was so exciting. Are they just ma- mocking it? Is it real? I don't know. But it needed a game like that to spark some interest. Um, especially Toronto. We said this about BC in the West Final. Toronto had nothing to lose. No one was giving them a chance, right? Um, mm mm-hmm and And I mean, you watch late in the game, I'm like, hey, baD has to kick this field goal now, in the regular season game, Toronto won because BeaD missed a convert that's otherwise it would have went to overtime, and I mean Toronto might have still still lost in overtime, but they would have given themselves a chance, and he missed a close convert, well a convert thirty two yards whatever it is and and that cost him the game like that was the end of the game and then uh this game he's lined up for this field goal to give make it a four point game so that or Winnipeg needs a touchdown. And, like, Glenn Stewart's like, yep, nails this. They have to go for a major, but it's Caleros, so they might get it. It gets blocked on the outside. The guy was there before BD even got to the ball. Like, just comes around the outside unblocked, gets it. And then I'm like, oh, no. At that point, it's a one-point game. You're like, here comes Winnipeg. They're going to do this. They throw a deep pass to Ellingson on, like, the 30-whatever. It's like, oh, boy, here we go. And... uh <laughs> Leggio. Everyone's, every Winnipeg fans hero this week, uh, lines up to kick it. And he shanked that kick so hard. Like the guy on the outside blocked it. That tells you which direction it was going. Like the laces were partially, they weren't straight out. And he, he hooked her and it was block. It was tip blocked as well. And Banks like came darting out of the end zone to cover it up. Um, and then they got a no yards penalty on top of that. And that was basically the game. Um, but two blocked field goals in the span of like, three minutes of game action was like, what the heck is going on here? You never see blocked field goals in the CFL, let alone two in that little short of time. Um, but I've talked to Bomber fans around here, man. They're done with Legio. They want someone else. They were spoiled, I believe, with Justin Medlock for years. And so now they don't know what it's like to have a subpar kicker. And that's no knock to Legio. Like, big pressure moment he couldn't deliver. That That's just what came to. It was blocked. They had blocked Toronto's. It's not like it was unfair. Um and it it was just incredible. And then to see Chad Kelly, like, kneel it out, you're like, man, it's over. Like, I was pretty excited. <laughs> um, and then my then Katrina says, why are you feeding it to them and bugging them? And I said, because <laughs> I get it all year long. So I'm giving it back a little bit. But I can't say anything. My team wasn't there. They were only there for the fans, fan festival. So and that's not what you want to be there for.
1: Yeah, one thing One thing I actually found kind of interesting was uh, I, when I turned it on in the last little bit of that game, I saw uh, Kolaros got sacked, which would have made it like third and very long. Uh, and there was mm-hmm. a face mask penalty, which gave them the first down. Um, I found it very interesting, though, the guy who got the face mask call, which kept them alive to get it into field goal range, was the same guy who blocked the field goal.
0: Yep. Kind of, yep. like,
1: it's almost like a redemption moment. Like, it like was my fault that I'll, I'll fix that. Like...
0: <laughs> oh, it was, it was incredible because it was, like you say, the lowest of low because they thought they'd won the game by sacking Caleros. And, I mean, I was like, okay, hey, what kind of face masks is this going to be? Because sometimes they simply just touch the mask and they call that. But he had it hooked and pulled. Mm-hmm. Um, it was oh, a blatant God. call. But it was – but yeah, and then he's the one that tips it, right? And like I say, he's on the outside. Like, the kick was going wide regardless, but just to get that redemption of making sure it didn't even go up for a single point to try and tie the game uh, was good.
1: Although it would have been kind of interesting to see the hunting back and forth between teams that happens <laughs> in, the, in the NFL sometimes if Banks would have to pick it up and boot her out of the end like <laughs>
0: It's like that one game between the Alouettes and Argos and – I think Rod yeah. Black was commentating and he's like, they gotta kick it out and they do. Gotta kick it back in and they do. And there's just this <laughs> it was like thirty seconds of that commentary. It was like, okay, yeah. we get it. We get what's happening here. But um That would have that would have been yeah. what he have to do though for real, right? Like you can't allow a single. If you go to overtime, I think Winnipeg's winning that game. Um Yeah. But it's Toronto played, man. Toronto played Legio missed a convert, which how many points did they lose by? One. Uh, it's kind of like sweet justice from what happened the game, like in the regular season game. Uh, he didn't miss it at the end of the game, though. <laughs> it was like middle of the game, but, um, but I think you got to talk about Janarian Grant too. Um, Two kick return touchdowns, or I guess, yeah, they're, I think they're both punts actually. Um, one in the West final, one in the uh, Grey Cup. Like he had a playoff to remember. Um, the secondary kind of got picked apart by his quarterback in Toronto, but
1: was uh was lucky whitehead on the bombers that year where he was just a kickoff return guy or was that a different team he was on before bc
0: yeah yeah i think he was primarily that and they made him receiver when guys got hurt but uh i also it's hindsight's 2020 but i've wondered what the west final would have been like if he was healthy and playing he would have mm. added a different element right but i mean you got to play with what is but uh but that's not to knock the bombers, man. They lose by one. Yeah, you didn't three peep, but that team's still built for a while. Like they'll be back next year and be dominant again. It's not like, it's not like mm. the the fans are not like crying like it's over. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. like, oh, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if my team won two in a row and I lost the third one, I'd probably be like, yeah, whatever. It's not like we haven't mm-hmm. won at all, right? So, um, but I yeah, the bombers secondary. The uh, the Argos secondary stood up taller. Um, they were getting to Claros quickly on their pass rush. Um, Chad Kelly came in. I think, you know, I think the turning point in that fourth quarter when when I was really like, hey, the Argos might do this, is when it was second and 18, and Chad Kelly gained 20 yards on the ground with his feet. <laughs> I was like, okay, first down. This They might have a chance here. And then sure <laughs> enough, I think it was two plays later, Ouellette ran it in for his second of the game. Um, yeah, a couple other uh, CFL notes we'll hear, just touch on here. Um, coach of the Bombers, Mike O'Shea is a free agent. I believe he'll be back. I don't see how they let him go after the last few years. Um, that, like I said, last pod, that was a huge ordeal at the media day if he was going to resign and he's like, I'm just going to play this game and then we'll decide. Um, talking with someone this evening, actually, as we record this, a Bomber fan, they think Dalton Schoen's gone. Uh, at least to try NFL and get a big payday for that, mm-hmm. but I don't know I don't know if uh that'll happen. We'll see. Uh and Schaefer Baker signed a, per- a tryout with the Jacksonville Jaguars today from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh so he might not be back. Uh Nathan Rourke has postponed his multiple workouts due to the <laughs> the flu that he has. Um and his brother Curtis actually is done for the season uh with ohio (laughs) he's injured and that's just an aside because he's not he's not in the league yet but and i don't know if he'll ever be in cfl maybe nfl but uh that's a huge blow to him he was having an incredible season i think he was over 3200 passing yards already and yeah he's done so um yeah a lot of a lot of little notes like that uh we're gonna monitor some of this the bolevi mitchell thing will be ongoing through the off season where is he gonna end up we don't know um You have said Toronto. I thought Saskatchewan, as the days go by that Saskatchewan has not been linked to him, I don't know anymore. Um, If he goes to Toronto, though, is McLeod Bethel-Thompson retiring? What happens to Chad Kelly? I was talking with someone. I believe the Riders have to go after Chad Kelly. And it was before that game that I thought that. I was reading something on it that said the Riders had to be linked to him somehow. And as I was like, actually, yeah, he's been waiting in the wings for a while. Um, franchise quarterback? I don't know. He hasn't played that much. Uh, Vernon Adams would be another name that the Riders will be tied to, depending what happens with Rourke. Um, and then after that, there's always the question: Does Pajardo come back with a new OC? I don't think so. I think he's done with the Riders, which is too bad because I I do like the guy as a human, uh, but his game just never really morphed into something more. Like you know what I mean? It's kind of the same game every year, and the and the defenses knew how to stop him, so. And we need a quarterback that can make the deep throw co- consistently. Uh, that also helps when your receivers aren't sick all year. So, um, yeah, what do you think? Like, where, where do you think some of these players are going to end up? Because there, every year there's movement, right? Like, every year it's new rosters with guys from the CFL. Um, but uh, what what do you think in terms of quarterbacking? Um, maybe some of these guys that are trying the NFL. There's going to be a lot more guys going for the NFL here pretty soon. Um, does – where does Mark Leggio end up? If anywhere, I think he's done. There's no way Winnipeg <laughs> brings... I'd be very shocked if Winnipeg brings him back. Um, I could see them actually just cutting ties and paying him out and hiring someone else. But what do you think uh, in those regards and any other storylines that you're going to be watching in the off season?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the main one I'll be following in the off season is... Uh, well, a couple of them. one will be uh, Nathan Rourke, whether he gets a job in the down south there and then it'll be if he does what happens in bc quarterbacking wise if they keep hang on to Vernon adams then and let him kind of run the ship um the other one will be obviously bo Levi mitchell i think that's going to be the main thing that cfl follows uh, is where he ends up but yeah that's the one interesting thing about the cfl is like we've talked about before it's a lot of one-year deals and you don't really see lots of multi-year deals. So when free agency stuff rolls around, like there's a lot of moving parts of mm-hmm. guys moving around and switching teams and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to peg. Like that's what where it makes it really hard to peg where people will end up because everybody's like, everybody's a free agent almost like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. still like some, sometimes it takes like, I don't know. There's uh the one year Edmonton signed like, everybody and then like there's it's it's interesting because like some guys are going to see where other players go and then they make their decisions based on I mean it's really interesting um as far as like Dalton Schoen and Schaefer Baker and the guys like that down south I've I always find the receivers are like one of the hardest guys like hardest spots to get jobs down there in the mm-hmm. NFL um you see lots of guys try it in the CFL offseason, and lots of them make it on practice squads and stuff like that, but very rarely do they uh, get into the action. Like one of the few uh, guys that has remained down there, as far as I know, of recent memory of Zil- Brandon Zylstra, who played for Edmonton for a while. Like I think he's, I don't even know, he maybe he's on a practice squad now. I know when he first went down there, I think he's with the Vikings. Yeah, I think um, he's in Carolina he was, now. Yeah, he was playing, like, actually playing in the league, so. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then one of the more notable ones would be, uh, uh, what's his name? Alex Singleton. He was with uh, the Eagles for a while, Um, and he's still down there playing. Like, I don't even know. Who does he play for now? I don't even know.
0: He's with the Denver Broncos, which has been a bright spot for them because their season's been kind of interesting.
1: I don't know. It'll be interesting just to see who goes down to, to the NFL to try and make it down there and who's able to secure a job down there. Like, I mean, well, lots of guys, like this wouldn't the CFL with lots of talent. So it wouldn't surprise me if a few guys got down there and stuck around down there for a while. So, and then you always get the, uh, the NFL cut days when they finalize rosters and then all the guys coming back <laughs> to see right before Labor Day. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it'll be
0: interesting, though, to follow for sure. I always loved that day because Dressler and Fantuz came back after cuts, and it was always funny because they would never play Labor Day, and people were like, what the heck? It's like, they just got back. Like, they're not up to speed with all the players. Like, you got to give them a time, right? But that's always fun, too, to see. But it's interesting. Like, I think of um, the guy the Riders had a few years ago, Jordan Williams-Lambert, okay? He was breakout season. Goes to the NFL, comes back just terrible um braden lenius breakout season he only played about five or six games for the riders this year so i don't know that you really grade that but not a huge not a huge thing um and uh yeah it's it's interesting right zilster's been down there for a while um dalton showing we'll see um I think he at least deserves a look. He was first. He had fifteen, almost fifteen hundred passing or receiving yards. It's incredible in a CFL season, right? So, um, but I mean, what do you do? Like, if we're going around the league, I think BC too. I think like you got three quarterbacks there that all deserve a look. They all started at some point: Pipkin, Adams, Rourke, and O'Connor. So there's four, right? Rourke is obviously the one that's going to get a look. So do those guys look for other jobs? Does Pipkin? Become a short yardage somewhere else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, does Vernon Adams become a starter? I don't know. Edmonton's going to be with Cornelius. You know, Calgary's going to be with Jake Mayer. Winnipeg's going to have Zach Caleros. Saskatchewan's so a huge question mark. Um, then you go to the East, you're going to have Toronto's kind of a question mark, but they have guys to fill in the void. It won't be hard. Uh, Montreal's going to be with Harris again. Uh, Mazzoli should be healthy, ready to go for. uh, for Ottawa, Arbuckle, we'll see what happens with him, and then uh, Hamilton's the question mark, right? Like, if, Does Bo actually stay? I don't think he's going there. I think he'll go elsewhere, but in I that agree. case, so I, I'm going to predict Dane Evans will be back, but we'll see what's as the starter, I mean, but we'll see where that goes.
1: Um, I'm going to predict Dane Evans is gone. It just won't be Bo Levi Mitchell who replaces him. That's going to be my... Your bold take. <laughs> your hot take, okay, <laughs>
0: I'm marking that down. <laughs> what day is it here? <laughs> November twenty second. Uh Dane Evans gone. I'm marking that down.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of not gone, but like he won't he won't he won't be the starter, I guess, is more so what I mean. Like he maybe he stays on that team, but he like there's gonna be another quarterback there who starts the season for Hamilton, I think.
0: Nick Arbuckle. Just watch. Just watch. Um
1: I was thinking about honestly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, we'll see what happens. Charleston Hughes says he wants to come back and try and set the record for sacks or at least climb one I think he's five away from the next person on the list. Um so he's kind of rude, but it's like who's gonna give him a job? He barely played for Saskatchewan, I don't know. But he, when he did he was good. So we'll see. We'll see where where that goes. Um maybe he goes but, back yeah. to Calgary for a year. Yeah, maybe he finishes out there with Cameron Judge and Thurman and Lemon and all those guys, right? Like, that would, why not? That's where he started. That's where he had his all his success. Um, And if the Riders could get past the West Final, that would be nice someday. But, um, yeah,
1: it's going to – Corey Sheets.
0: <laughs> yeah, Corey Sheets, man. That was just the year. It's an interesting game because, okay, we play all this year. Toronto's now won the Great Cup. It starts all over again, right? Um, it's a long off season, but it, it will go and we'll see where, where it ends up. Um, I do want to just say one more thing here before we take a break on the great cup, uh, kind of disappointed on two fronts to see the, you know, a bunch of the seats empty. Cause it didn't look that cold there. Um, so it's disappointing not to see people in the seats, but also equally disappointed to see how high the tickets are so that like, I speak for myself, I couldn't afford to go anyways. So, I'm not going to be going to pay $273 minimum to sit there to watch two teams. I don't really care about. Um, I think, I think you got to find a way to market it better that people can afford it. I get that everything in the world right now is inflated, so it's hard to do, but, um, yeah, I think that was my disappointing was or disappointment. All the Ryder fans there cheered every time the Bombers messed up, but I did notice that. And then, uh, the Bomber, it was Bomber fans versus the world. Um, and then we got to just say Tahinok Mwamba too, man. 11 years in the league, wins the Grey Cup, the MOP or MVP, whatever they call it in the Grey Cup game, and then the most valuable Canadian as well. So uh, hats off to him, man. He's emotional on stage. He's a, he's a gem of a human being. I've met him in person before. Um, he's just – he loves the game. He loves the fans. And it was just great to see him get that moment in the spotlight finally after all his faithful years in the CFL. Um I loved him when he was in Saskatchewan. It was just too bad we couldn't close the deal with him. That was our Kevin Glenn year. <laughs> that was just a wild year. Uh, but uh,
1: Deron, yeah, Deron Carter too. <laughs> that that yeah, Deron year?
0: Carter, Deron Carter, uh, Naaman Roosevelt, Kevin Glenn, Norman or William Powell. Um, yeah, it was that was a weird year. We would win games with fifty points, then we'd lose games with only fifteen. So uh, uh, whatever. But Hinock Mwamba was a gem of a man on the team. He's a community guy, and to see him get that moment in the spotlight was just good for me. Uh, to see, uh, hats off to him, and hopefully it's the beginning of more things to come. But uh, what do you think, there, Josh?
1: Yeah, just uh, just when you mentioned William Powell there, I think that'll be another interesting storyline this off season is the running back situation, just because the amount of injuries this year, like right. in Edmonton, like. Uh, Wilder Jr. didn't play all year, but they had Kevin Brown show up big time. Um, like we were saying, Toronto didn't have Andrew Harris, but they had Ouellette. Uh, Riders went through two or three different guys. Uh, William Powell in Ottawa didn't play that great. I think he was injured quite a bit too. Um just lots of, like, injuries, and then you have these guys kind of come out of nowhere. I, mean, I think it'll be very interesting offseason for running backs as well.
0: hmm Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um The Riders, and that's the other thing with Saskatchewan, is they have two very good running backs. Do you trade one to get someone? Like, Frankie Hickson was fun when Morrow was hurt, and then vice versa. So it's, we'll see what happens there. Uh like I say, we're putting a bow on the CFL season, but we're going to reference things as they come up uh throughout the year. Um we'll see who the Riders are going to bring in for um offensive coordinator. They have a few names here uh that I could uh read out if I if I can still find it. I guess it's not here, but uh Kahari Jones is one. Uh Mark Mueller, who's the Stamps QB coach. So the first comment was like Stamps QB coach, interesting. Um and then Kelly Jeffrey is the Riders running back coach. Now here's what Farhan says. Riders have received permission to interview the following for their vacant OC position next week. Kari Jones, Titans, Mark Mueller, Stamps <laughs> QB coach, Kelly Jeffrey, Riders running back coach. There's so many Twitter comments on this tweet. It's like how hard and who did they have to ask to get Kelly Jeffrey's permission who's already with the organization. Like Kelly, do you want a promotion? Like yeah, that's basically okay. what the question is. It makes no sense. Um but Kari Jones I wouldn't mind he's an he's an aerial guy, but then you're gonna need a quarterback's gonna pass and uh stamps qB coach Mark Mueller he's put his time in um we've seen what he's done with the quarterbacks in Calgary so like I don't think those two are bad uh Kelly Jeffrey I think is just a name so they can say they can have three but watch them hire him now I don't know um
1: but or, uh lot we'll belief he's still right there.
0: Well that's what I mean like La Police is there they also figure that uh, one or two names will come from this weekend like this was announced before the Grey Cup so they said one or two names will come after the Grey Cup as well from those teams um yeah Lapo and Bo were doing the coach's playbook on the, they were on the panel at the, the Grey Cup I was like oh my word <laughs> Bo isn't there but he's there you know what I mean so uh but yeah that's kind of the cfl season we will uh we're gonna take a break we'll come back we'll talk some hockey uh we're kind of transitioning into the winter sports now um but we'll be right back on the mj sports pod welcome back to the mj sports pod season one episode 11 uh mike and josh with you here we want to shift a little bit to the nhl we didn't cover that last week um, so we got a couple things just to touch on here. Uh, milestones, Josh, uh, Kale McCarr becomes the fastest defenseman ever to hit 200 points. Uh, Patrice Bergeron hits a thousand career points the other night. Uh, fun fact, Andrew Raycroft sent out a tweet. I don't know if you saw this and it said Patrice Bergeron. It was both of them on the line, man. And they both look like kids, uh, on the line for the anthem. I mean, you know how they stand the blue line and, uh, yeah. Andrew Raycroft said uh he said Patrice got his first uh, point the same night I got my first shutout. Uh he said now Patrice is playing hockey and I wear makeup on TV. <laughs> it's like that's gold. <laughs>
1: it's like
0: just totally where their where their paths went. Um Leaf fans don't like Andrew Raycroft because they traded him for what became two Rask. uh and the rest is history for the Bruins. But uh it's uh it's it's amazing, right? Like these guys, Patrice Bergeron, they weren't sure if he'd even play again this year. Um, they signed him up and signed David Krejci, and now he's got a thousand career points, man. And uh Goligoski played his thousandth game, Malkin played his thousandth game, like we're hitting the it's like a milestone week in the NHL. And then the whole Makar thing is just incredible, man. <laughs> that hundred and ninety five games, I think, amazing. for two hundred points.
1: That guy's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
0: And I don't know, I think Eric Carlson might give him a run for his money for the Norris this year, but, like, McCarr will win many more of those if he plays at this level for a while, so. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, he'll have another it,
1: handful or so of those.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 crazy, too. And I was going to go see Connor Bedard play in Winnipeg the other night. uh, never ended up going. But off the opening faceoff, his own teammate intercepted a pass from the ice. Um, He went in and scored eight seconds into the game, just completely deked out the whole team. And it was like, okay. Now the game was one, nothing. Then it was four, four after two. I think there was one, and one of the games, they played two of them. When when you come out to Winnipeg from that far, they usually play two and three nights. Um, One of the games was nine to five. (laughs) Like it was just all over the place. (laughs) The Winnipeg ice have played 21 games and they're 20 and one Uh, just incredible start to the season for them. They almost uh, pushed for the final. The Oil Kings beat them last year to go to the final, um, and I'm going to predict that you're going to see Winnipeg and Seattle play for the final this year. I'd be very shocked if it's different teams. Um, but that's WHL. We don't, we don't want. To, we won't have to touch on that right now. But um, yeah, what do you think of the NHL, Josh? There's it's just kind of been a weird year already. I mean, there's teams that you think should be flying that are just like floating along. You got the Devils that started 0 and two, and they're now 16 or 17 and three. Uh, what's your thoughts on the NHL so far?
1: Yeah, like, just even considering what we, how we ranked teams in their divisions and stuff, like, I think a lot of our predictions were, are kind of incorrect as to where we we're putting teams and stuff, like, the Flames are near the bottom of the Pacific right now, I mean, they're right behind, Like, like you said, there's that cluster of teams that are kind of within a point or two of each other, but as far as standings go, as far as I know, I know Calgary's kind of near the bottom there in the bottom three, I think. Um, I could be wrong now. It's just when I last uh, looked, that's what it was. But
0: Yeah, they and the Oilers are four and five with 20 points.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a shocker. And then, uh, like you said, Devils, <laughs> kind of funny. They start out 0 and 2 and they're chanting uh, Fire Lindy and. <laughs> Stuff and then they go on this tear, and then they're like, Sorry, Lindy, <laughs> and, then and stuff like that. Then, uh, yeah, then you got teams like uh Vegas uh leading the way in the Pacific, which uh I didn't think they were going to be this good this quick, but uh, the question mark was all around their goaltending, and that's holding up for them. So, I well, think let's point that's, out uh, that
0: let's point out one of the few teams to beat them, hey. Just polish our own like uh,
1: likes here with yeah. the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true. And then uh, Vancouver, is just I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, I guess most of my comments are Pacific Division because that's kind of what I focus on with the Oilers being there. But um, yeah, just kind of a weird year. And then uh, like you said, like this week with all the milestones uh coming out there and. Just lots of stuff going on and I like then you got like the Kane injury in Edmonton and there's all these questions about should they use that L T I R space to bring somebody in, but then it's like when Kane comes back, do you uh what do you do with that person you brought in kind of thing and like all this stuff mm-hmm. and I don't know, I think I talked to you about this last Oiler game. I don't know why Holloway's still on the team right now. I don't know why he isn't down in Bakersfield, like gaining some confidence, uh, scoring goals down there, just kind of getting his game back because he's playing on the fourth line about the most he's been playing a night is like six, seven minutes a night. It's like that doesn't do anything for a prospect when you have guys down there you could bring up or like, I don't know. There's just, I don't know. I don't think he should be, I think he should be down in, bakersfield forgive him a month down there just to kind of get his mojo back and then you could bring him up after christmas break um and see what he does when he comes back but um yeah and then there's uh i saw today that uh the leafs like i don't know the leafs are in a weird situation too with like morgan riley's now on ltir jake muzzin i don't Mm know why if he hasn't called it a career, he needs to call it a career with a spinal injury. Like
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like that's more serious than just a bump on the head or something, right? Well, I guess they're kind of equal, but like you don't want to be when your when your whole goal of hockey is to skate and move, that's dangerous.
1: Yeah, and I I heard on another podcast he has like three or four kids too. Like I don't know why you would risk something happening to yourself when you got like when you got a wife and three kids or four kids or whatever he's got and stuff like just stick out your rest of your contract on that LTIR and take care of yourself. Like there's no point in risking, like, I don't know, risking anything, especially with a spinal injury. But, uh, I saw they also placed, um, what's his name? Andrew or Wayne Simmons on, uh, waivers today, trying to hope somebody claims him, kind of thing. Like just to give them some flexibility as as far as contracts go. Um, Mm -hmm. In all honesty, I thought that would be a decent pickup for the Oilers. Like, that's a guy you could throw on your fourth line there and send Holloway down. Like, he yeah. makes nine hundred K. Wayne Simmons does. Yeah. And he'd bring a little bit of grit to your fourth line there. Like, I don't see any risk in bringing him in. Why Evander Kane's out? Like, that's a guy that Kane comes back. You send Simmons to Bakersfield for the rest of the year. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's not really. A huge risk of taking a contract like that on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm kinda of rambling now. I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> Yeah you <laughs> hope the, you, I guess. <laughs> you hope the Leafs uh
0: pick him back up after you put him back on waivers eh. Um no it's it is interesting, right? I uh I like Holloway. I know we had this <laughs> we had this back and forth during the Vegas game. Um but I agree with you. Like if they're not using him um, what do you what are you gonna do, right? Early on they were. Is the problem also that they were playing like they're playing Vegas, it's gonna be a short bench anyways, because that's gonna be a tough game. Um but in other games it's like, is he like are you why are you not playing him? Um is there a reason for that? Is because we're playing from behind most of the games, like is it the Oilers digging themselves a hole, causing him to sit more during the game? I don't know um i don't see that being Woodcroft's philosophy
1: no i ju- i don't know it's just like it seems like uh holloway just like he's trying to force things too much and it looks like he's playing like scared almost like he's taking penalties all the time and he hasn't scored and he it's just like I don't know, I heard on a another Oilers podcast I listened to. They're like, why wouldn't you send him down for a couple months, get him to like develop some chemistry with guys like uh Borgol and and uh like Lavoie and guys like that that are down there that will eventually be coming up to the Oilers? Like yeah, why wouldn't have, you send have- them down and start fostering start like fostering some of that chemistry down there between them? So that when that does like when those guys do come up, they kind of have that natural chemistry already from when playing together. And yeah, yeah I don't I don't know. It's just, it's not that I don't like Holloway. It's that I don't like that he, like, we're not doing anything with him. And like, Mm -hmm. how is he supposed to develop anything when he's playing six minutes a night? Like he can't, or even less than that. Some nights, like some nights he's playing like four minutes, like he's not going to grow his game doing that. And it's nothing against Holloway. It's just like, why wouldn't you send him down to Bakersfield where he'll play? pop line or second line he'll play power play time penalty kill time like you could throw him into everything down there and he'd get a ton of playing time and kind of get his mojo and his confidence back and then like I said you bring him up after the Christmas break maybe and see how he does like I don't know yeah it's just it's more it's more it's nothing against Holloway it's more so just like he's not playing he's not developing like I'd rather have him in the in uh Bakersfield where he's like developing and like growing his game a little more
0: yeah well and I think the other thing when we talk about the Oilers that is more of a positive spin right now for me is Ryan Nugent Hopkins play has completely flipped from last year I mean the last year he had tons and tons of assists and a handful of goals uh, he's already at nine goals 12 assists for 21 points um, third behind you know who uh, McDavid Dreisaitl but it's kind of like, hey, what are we, you know, what are we doing here? Where are we going? Um, he's he's playing well. And I can't think, I mean, right now I'm just looking at the stats and I can only see the top three. If I click here, I guess, yeah, Hyman's right behind him, right? So um, Tyson Berry also is fifth on the, or sixth on the team with 12 points. Like he's actually, <laughs> he had a good road trip down in Florida there, man. I He had a couple goals in the Florida game. Um, you yeah. know, got manhandled by Carolina, but. We also got manhandled by New Jersey. <laughs> uh but it's it's how it goes, right? They're gonna play the Islanders tomorrow. They're gonna play the Rangers on Saturday. Um and then after that, I think you kind of get back into some Western games. Uh nope, check that. They play uh Islanders, Rangers, then they're at home to Florida. David and I were at that game, our brother David last year, six nothing Florida wins, but they're a different team this year. <laughs> uh then they go to Chicago, Minnesota, then they're home to Montreal, Washington, Arizona, Minnesota then they play Minnesota again. So they're playing Minnesota three times in the next three weeks. Um, No flurry though, right? He's on the LTIR or he's on the injured reserve at least. Um, Mm -hmm. And we'll see, see who plays. It'll either be Gustafson or that other guy that they just called up. I forget his name. Um, But after that, you start like St. Louis will come up again, Anaheim, Nashville, Dallas, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle, Winnipeg. You start playing your division teams again. So those are the games like, If Edmonton was going to lose any games, I'm glad they didn't lose the Vegas one. It's too bad it went to overtime because you only gain one point on them. But those are the games you have to win. Like the Eastern games, win Mm -hmm. at all costs. Division games, win regulation. That's kind of your mindset, right? Um, Yeah. Because you don't want – and I've heard on other podcasts too, and I'd be in favor of this, if the NHL changed the point system to 3-2-1-0, like they do in international hockey, because that makes a lot more sense. If you say every game – is three points up for grabs here, right? What they do, if you're not familiar with this, what they do in International Hockey Day, every game has three points. You can watch it in the World Juniors too, this year uh, starts Boxing Day, by the way. And what happens is you go into that game, both teams know there's three points up for grabs. You win in regulation, you get all three. You win in overtime, you get two, and the team that made it to overtime gets one. Um, or And then if you lose in regulation, you get none, right? Um but in the NHL, it's two points for every game, and if it goes to overtime, another one just magically appears. Like, I wish I want to see them do that. The only thing that that's going to happen is people are going to like a team's going to go. Let's say, K. Okay, Boston, they're seventeen and two right now. Instead of uh, thirty-four points, um, if you do the math really quickly here, they'd be at fifty-one, right? So then the numbers are skewed and people are like, wow, 51 points in the first. Co-. Well, yeah, but you got to remember they're adding a point per win now. Um, so that's the only thing I see is people would be like, oh, man, look at that record. Well, yeah, but if that was a two point two points per win, they actually placed like third all time. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to get those kind of conversations. Um, but I want to see them go to that. I don't know that we'll ever see that, at least not in the near future. Uh, good old Gary likes to keep things pretty, pretty kosher. Um but that's just that's just my thing. But I think, like, that game against Vegas, if you play it that way, yeah, two and one makes sense. But if the Oilers would win, they get all three. Or if Vegas wins, they get all three, right? Like, that's kind of the – those are the games I see. Islanders tomorrow, uh, Rangers on Saturday. You just got to win those at all costs. And those are not going to be easy games. Those are both hard arenas to play in, and they're decent teams this year. So, because um, what's going to happen is we're going to play against uh, Sorokin, and that's Shisterkin. I or Varlamov I guess in in long island but it's like that's what's going to happen I I can see it happening and Campbell's going to have to play a game here pretty soon cuz Skinner looks tired uh I saw that in New Jersey some okay. of the he did you see the highlights in the New Jersey game he completely gave a goal away he passed it right to them um and he was standing up outside no. oh, I, the crease
1: I, I, yeah I saw I saw a uh, notification pop up on Sportsnet appers uh <laughs> said like that he gave one away and then Jack Campbell Breaks his nose or something, gets hit with a puck.
0: Yeah, Jack Campbell got so. stitches last night. <laughs> he wasn't even playing hockey. <laughs> um, they had the e-bug ready to go, the emergency backup goalie, um, but he never had to come in. Thank goodness. But I also wonder, like, you don't see you don't see Woodcroft change the goalie too much. So, like, he's a lot like Sutter that way. Sutter says the goalie's going to play his way out of the problems. Now, mm. for for Markstrom, that doesn't seem to work. And that's not even a knock. It's just like, he just doesn't seem to get better as the game goes on. And, uh, but we'll see. But Campbell has to play soon. I would be very shocked if he doesn't play tomorrow on Long Island, depending on his injury. Um, Mm. Are they even on Long Island anymore? Are they in Brooklyn? I don't even know. Anyways, regardless, the New York Islanders is the team. And uh, if he doesn't play there, he'll play against the Rangers. I just don't see how you—you like, you gotta give him a chance again. I know he's been not very good so far, but you gotta go back to him and let him try, right? Like you can't just keep practicing with him because that's only gonna shake him more.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they kind of gave him this time off where the Oilers were playing kind of two games in a week or whatever, like just to kind of get his mind right. Cause he's just yeah, he's just so hard on himself, and I think it adds to it because the oiler fans are. I say this time and time again, they're just so like ruthless with stuff like that. Like you got a guy struggling and they just call for his job and want him out of the, out of the, off the team and run out of town basically. And it's just like, I mean, just give the guy some time. Like, I don't know. We, I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast or you and I just kind of talked about it outside, but like when the others uh, brought in Rolison and six, he mm-hmm. struggled very badly and all people remember Rollison for was that playoff run and how amazing he was and how, if they had Rollison all the way through, they could have won the cup. Like, yeah. I mean, it could be the same thing with uh, Jack Campbell here. He's just having a slower start kind of getting into his rhythm with the new system, with a new team, with a new group of guys, just trying to figure out how everyone's plays in front of him and things like that. Like you just got to give the guy some time. And I mean, you like Skinner's been playing a little better than him, but you can't just run Skinner. He's not used to it yeah. <laughs> with the NHL yeah. pace. Like you can't just run him as long as just because Campbell's struggling, you got to go back to Campbell. Like you got to have a kind of well, at this point of this uh, where we're at, I think they're going to almost have an even split on of games played this year, more rather than the like fifty thirty or whatever they were talking about originally. But I mean. Just takes a couple games, and Campbell could get hot, and he could go on a run for five, six, seven games, kind of thing. Like it's hard to say. Well, and the other fans, like
0: they acted like he was going to go fifty and zero in fifty starts. Like the moment he has problems, yeah. or when like you say, the <laughs> sky's falling. Yeah, um, ha- his numbers haven't been good. You're not. I'm not dodging that. Like when you give up seven goals, you can't hide behind that. But, no. um, I said it too uh, on the plot or aside. Um when they brought Cam Talbot in, they thought, okay, this is our guy. And he struggled mightily in his first year with Edmonton. Anders Nielsen played most of the games. Um, I remember it was a rare night when Talbot would play. Like, I remember I remember vividly, like, they were in Detroit one, that season, the first season he was here. Um, and they gave him the start. And it was like, this is so weird. This was supposed to be our starter. This was like his first start in like six games. Um and then we know what happened the next year. He set records and everything. I'm not saying Campbell's going to do the exact same thing, but you never know. Um, just looking at the Oilers' goaltending stats. So, Stuart Skinner has a 2.78 goals against, and Campbell has 4.27. Skinner's save percentage is a 9.21, which is actually quite incredible in the NHL rankings. Um, Campbell's 8.73. Uh, none of them have shutouts. That's the other category. But Campbell has six wins, Skinner has four. So, that's the other side. It's like, the wins are what matters. I could care less. La- we just got to score more goals. Like, <laughs> And I don't mean like, keep going boys, but like, if we, if our goalie stops one more shot than the other team, you know, like Campbell has six wins. I remember Gene Principe said that. He yeah. said, that's what, that's what matters. And I said, I say, yeah, absolutely. That's what matters. Um, but I just want to quickly say, if you go to the, uh, the NHL rankings here for save percentage, Stuart Skinner is number 26. Samsonov in Toronto, which is ironic, is uh, right behind him, right? So or they're tied with 921. And then Logan Thompson and Carter Hart are 920 behind him. Uh, number one is Hellebuck, tied with Linus Almark, And then Georgiev, who's actually having a pretty good year in Colorado. Uh, and then Jake Ottinger is behind him. And then Sorokin. So um, Shesturkin, Vanacek, those guys are down. They're in the 900s, but they're down. Staylock is nine fifth 914. Uh, all these amazing goalies that we did not sign, um, but both Vegas goalies are in the top are in the top twenty for save percentage. So that's another thing that we say for Vegas, right? But um, to touch on that, Vegas as well has put Laurent Bressois Well, he was on waivers. Now he's down in Henderson. It's kind of funny because everyone thought, oh, Logan Thompson will probably get sent back down. Nope, and it's ironic because Bressois. Was down there conditioning. <laughs> they call him up just to send him back. So I don't even know if he left his apartment. Um, but that's that's where it's at with the NHL, man. I I applaud the Devils. I will ride that bandwagon as long as it goes because I think their fans <laughs> their fans deserve some wins, right? Like they've been through a couple rough years. Uh, they made the playoffs that one year with Taylor Hall. We're out in the first round. Haven't been back since, really, right? To make some noise, so. Uh, and they're doing it with Vanacek. They went and got Vanacek so he could play tandem with Blackwood. Man, does that look like a good signing or what? We talked about bargain deals the other day. That's a huge. That's huge because Blackwood's hurt. And he'll be fine when he comes back. But Vanacek's carrying the load right now. And it looks... And Jonathan is on that team too, right? He's hurt too, but...
1: Well, what was it? Like two or three years ago, Vanacek was playing in Washington. And he was just so good. Like he was playing so well. So yep. like... I don't know. It's not. It's surprising a little bit because he had kind of fallen off a little bit, but also not considering he did have that year in uh, Washington where he was just amazing.
0: He he and Samsonov and they both left, right? Like that's. I mean, they brought Washington brought Darcy Kemper in and oh, uh, uh, who was in uh, who's backing up Kemper? I can't even think. He was in Montreal at one Holpe. point too. <laughs> Yeah, Holpe. No, no, where is Holpe? Did he retire officially? I don't even know. I don't know. He's
1: not I don't think he's playing anywhere right now.
0: Yeah, but it's it's uh I mean it's interesting, right? You look at that and uh Washington is not a terrible team either. Um but uh yeah, I think any other thoughts on the NHL here before we take a break and uh move on or
1: uh, no, I don't think so.
0: Charlie Lindgren is the backup. I had to look it up because it was frustrating me. Charlie Lindgren <laughs> is the backup for the capitals, <laughs> but anyways, well, we'll leave it there, Josh. Uh, we will take a break. We'll be right back to close off the show with uh pick and performers. Uh, stay tuned to season one, episode 11 of the MJ sports pod. Welcome back to the MJ sports pod season one. Episode 11, closing segment of the show. As always, NFL Pick'em followed by uh, Performers of the Week. Last week, we took a break from Performers of the Week. So this week, we're going to get back at it. And when I said that, I said there was 15 hockey games. Two teams didn't play. Uh, we had the Great Cup. We had all these moments to pick performers, man. And it felt like every hockey game had someone you could have picked out. There were so many overtime games on Saturday night. Um, we can just talk quickly too like mcdavid man that overtime winner not Beauty. even fair some days to watch right and then they get pounded <laughs> by new jersey so i mean whatever they're playing 500 hockey they're they're out of the playoffs right now technically
1: the new jersey thing doesn't even bother me either because new jersey's just so good right now
0: <laughs> well I, and you got to be lucky to be good sometimes right like some of the bounces they get too it's like are you kidding me but that's oh, yeah. whatever Well uh, we'll get we'll uh We'll roll with that as we go, I guess, with the season. It's they're 10 and nine, <laughs> the sky is not falling. But Josh, uh, we record this Tuesday night. American Thanksgiving is the mark, man. If you're not in the playoffs at American Thanksgiving, it's like a high 90% chance you don't make it. So, but you look, the the uh, if the Oilers win, they leapfrog a couple teams, like there's a bunch of teams stuck at that point block. So, I that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Anaheim looks like if the if the draft lottery went today and the odds went as they're supposed to, Anaheim would land Connor Bedard. Can you imagine adding him to that list? Yikes! I don't want him in our division, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) We're here to do pick (laughs) them. So um, last week, the Titans win. We both picked them. The Vikings get walloped forty to three. Oh, Dallas! Dallas' biggest road win in franchise history, I think it said. Kansas City beats the Chiefs, so I or the Chargers, so I beat that. I win that one. when San Francisco in Mexico. I didn't realize the game was even being played in Mexico. Beats Arizona, um, so you win that That's one. My
1: boy two, Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so your record is twenty and sixteen. Mine is nineteen and seventeen. One game back of you. And we're gonna do a little something a little different this week because Thursday, as uh, we're recording this Tuesday night. Thursday is American Thanksgiving. So there's three NFL games. That is the only sport being played during the day. Um, so we're going to do the pick them for all those. And then we're going to add Sunday night football to that as well. Um, so I'll read them off here. You let me know uh, who you got and we'll go this way. But I think, I don't know how this works, but like, I don't know if this is an annual thing. It might be, I'm not that schooled on the NFL scheduling system, but Detroit and Dallas do they always play at home on Thanksgiving? I feel like they do. Um, anyways, they're both playing at home on Thanksgiving again this year. I listened to the end of the Detroit game the other day. They've won three in a row. Whoa. Um, and <laughs> it's it said on there too, like, they'll be home to the against the Bills on Thanksgiving just like normal. But I don't know if that means, like, at home, like Thanksgiving or at home to the Bills. <laughs> I don't – whatever. But I think it's Thanksgiving because I think they usually play at home and Dallas, I think, usually plays at home. I don't know that the road teams are always the same, but, um, anyways, we'll run through this. First game is Buffalo at Detroit. The Bills at the Lions. Who do you got there?
1: Is the What's his name? The Bills QB. Is he back now or is he still out?
0: Uh, it says he's questionable. Josh Allen. I mean, it's only Tuesday, so I don't know <laughs> if he plays Thursday. I. Uh, I'll,
1: I'll take a flyer on the Bills and hope he comes back or hope he's playing. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm going to go, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do Detroit. The interesting thing about the Bills is they just played their home game at Detroit last week, so they probably just stayed there for the week. Um and they're going to play now the road game. Those are switch locker rooms. Uh because the their stadium was snowed in, you couldn't even see the whole thing. So I'm going to take Detroit just for fun. Um at home, they're riding a, a riding a win streak. Momentum can carry you. It's a crazy thing uh the afternoon game is the giants who are also a very good team this year against the dallas cowboys who are also a very good team dallas is at home who do you have there, giants uh or cowboys
1: i'm going to take the cowboys for the i'm just going to ride them boo <laughs>
0: <laughs> i had a i had a principal that used to say that he came and as sub coach as at volleyball one time that's why josh is saying that and he called the timeout. We told him, we, he had never coached volleyball, right? And our coach couldn't come. But you had to have a coach from the school. And so he came and he's like, guys, I don't know. And we're like, we'll just tell you when to call timeouts when we need a break or when we need to break some momentum or whatever. And so we came after a set. We won a game. And uh, we or won a set in the, in the game. We came to the bench and uh, he's like, guys. And he's like all secretive about it. He was kind of an interesting guy. And he's like, I, I didn't call timeout. I just figured we could... Uh, ride the mo ride the mo and he like did this weird thing with his hands we're like okay that's fine thanks for not breaking our rhythm <laughs> anyways that's a long story uh new england Where are you picking in minnesota game? new england and minnesota i'm picking minnesota
1: no i meant uh the dallas game did you say Who oh you're sorry
0: yeah i'm gonna go with the giants oh okay yeah and then the next game, Minnesota's at home to New England. I'm going Minnesota. I don't think they lose again after what just happened to them. They'll be ready to go.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings as well.
0: Okay. And uh, <laughs> Sunday night is the Eagles hosting the Packers. To complete, it seems like a lock for the Eagles. their favorite, obviously, but do they lose to the Packers, who have just had a dismal year? I don't know. What do you think on that game? I'm going to I'm going to take the Eagles, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles too. Now that uh, I finally won one of those pickums where they uh, lost a game, like, <laughs> now I'll, you're going to let the I'll birds fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You
0: got the Bills, Cowboys, Vikings, Eagles. I got the Lions, Giants, Vikings, Eagles. That'll be week twelve of the NFL season already. There's eighteen weeks, so six more after this one to go, and we'll be in playoffs already for that too. Um. Wow. So that's our pickum. Let's shift over, Josh, to performers of the week. Um, let me know who you got there and uh, tell us why and maybe some honorable mentions
1: if you have any. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't dug up any honorable mentions this time, so maybe uh, I'll dig some up for next week there. Um, but, uh, yeah, my performer of the week for uh, this past like, week would uh going to pick Warren Fogle. He's... Uh, one of those guys on the Oilers, uh, since Kane got injured, he's kinda got himself promoted to the second line. Uh he's had I think three or four goals in the last three or four games. He's kinda been picking it up that way. Like he's not really a guy you consider scoring goals and stuff like that, but he seems to be thriving on that second line with Dry Um seems to be kinda doing the right things. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's I'm gonna pick him for my performer of the week. He's kinda uh had a good week and stood out a little bit more than normal and uh yeah, I think uh, that's who I'm gonna take for my performer this week. Okay.
0: Um I'm gonna take Keena off Mwamba. I just uh look at what he did on the weekend too. He had a he had a ball go through his hands, like it was knocked down and he couldn't catch it. It was like, Oh my word, that would have turned the game around. Then he did have a pick later in the game. Um, he was in on tackles. He was all over the field. Most outstanding, most uh, valuable player, most valuable Canadian, and a Grey Cup champ all on the same night. So um, he's going to be my guy. Um, I put honorable mentions out there, too. To, I mean, like I said, on Saturday night, there were so many guys you could have picked in the hockey world. Um, just They were just rolling all the games that felt like we're going to overtime. Um, I don't know that I have a specific honorable mention. Uh, Andy Dalton might be one for the Saints they beat the Rams uh, Stafford was out with a or went out with a concussion into concussion protocol but Andy Dalton was 21 for 25 uh, with 260 yards three touchdowns no picks that's four incompletions like it was just like okay this is what we need every game now the Rams defense is not the strongest in the league they're having a pretty bad year <laughs> uh, but I just still was like okay finally we can you know put some of this together so uh, maybe an article mentioned there and then some in the hockey world too. There's a bunch of them, but um Eric Carlson's also having a, himself a season, so um but Enoch is my main performer of the week. Um and that's kind of uh it's kind of where we'll leave it. Um and that'll probably wrap it up, Josh, for season one, episode eleven. Uh if you want to reach us, you can reach us via email, mjsportsplot at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook, MJ Sports Pod page, um, Instagram, Twitter when it works, and Elon Musk isn't doing stuff to it at MJ Sports Pod. And uh be sure to rate us. Hit subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, literally anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh that'll do it for us here on season one, episode eleven. Uh, stay tuned we'll be back with next next week with episode twelve uh, of the mj sports pod take care everybody